0: So tonight, we continue our series, it's a forensic series, and tonight is part six. And it goes like this, it's about discovering the footprints, the trackways, that were left in history on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's like saying, "Who?" is the who that were on the mount of transfiguration and exactly who were these people why were they chosen and that's what this teaching is about because it is important you see i think that sometimes that people get involved with just the head ministry in corinthians it gives us an example of the woman the church the woman the husbandman and it shows that the church or that the uh the people are the body of christ and then it shows that that christ is the head of the body and many times i think people get into a subject like um this Mount of Transfiguration, and um, mostly all that they will teach about uh, is just uh, Jesus Christ and, and uh, his experience, but uh, the thing of it is that is very, very important is that we need to get the whole ministry that concerns the, the body complete, and, 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 and in this case, we have uh, quite a body. We have the angels who were there. Uh, We have uh, three disciples who were there. We have Moses who was there. We have Elijah who was there. And these are outstanding uh, personages, uh, not just nobodies. And we want to talk about that today because they are the who-whos that were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we need to talk a little bit more about exactly what was this Mount of Transfiguration. I think that um that, that is vastly missed and misunderstood. So um uh it's 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 um it's really, really super that um we can Expand and sort of like stretch the heavens, and that's what we want to do. And it's interesting that two of the the uh, chosen uh, who who uh, persons uh, were the sons of Zebedee, uh, which were called by Jesus sons of thunder. Now thunder is just no small word to look at. In fact, uh, recently they discovered uh, this um, Bratomyrus dinosaur. And uh, they found more than one uh, fossil, of course. And it's different. It's not like, you know, uh, every species, every other species. It's it's like a species of its own. And they have decided to call it Thunder Thighs. And the reason they call it Thunder Thighs is because it's got some of the, the largest... Uh, legs and that that kick up by the hip, hips and and they say that uh <clears throat> this would allow this particular uh, uh, Brontomurus dinosaur to uh to jump incredible leaps and uh to uh, use the legs uh with those thunder thighs uh to just wreck uh, tremendous havoc on any uh, other predator or 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 some animal that it was it was preying upon, so uh, you know people have in mind something very um, terrific when they use and imply the word thunder. You know, th- thunder is what happens uh, before uh, you you get lightning. There is a process that happens there, uh, and this this swelling that that happens. Um, and and the result is a, a bolt of lightning, and uh, <clears throat> lightning is far more powerful than a lot of people would uh, be willing to give credit to it. Uh, you know, a um, a bolt of lightning can be can be as high as thirty thousand degrees Celsius. Thirty thousand degrees Celsius. That's over five times hotter than the surface of the sun. So, just as there are, you know, thunderbolts, thunderbolts that are uh, of God, there are thunderbolts that are out in nature. And and they're a tremendous force. They're a thousand, 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 thousand times more powerful than gravity. In fact, there is a uh, scientific group that is re-looking at the whole cosmic concept. And they're looking at the possibility that... um, They're looking at the possibility that this universe is an electric universe. And um, the expression of atoms and quantum uh, are only uh, degrees of expressions about that electrical apparatus that is involved in the total co- uh, uh, complexity of the universe. So uh, who knows in the end uh, where everything will uh, end up um, <clears throat> When you hear people talk about a plasmic uh, uh, universe, uh, you know, uh, you're talking there about, you know, a separation of the charged particles, which is all part of, of electrical energy. And um, it uh, is, uh, you know, electric currents that uh, are produced uh, in magnetic fields. And they have uh, an electron flow path. So there are uh, discharges that are, are going on in the cosmic circle all the time and uh we we um, <clears throat> as a as a, a race of humans and uh as a people that have our curiosities are only just beginning to unlock the secrets of the heavens there's a scripture in which the bible says that wherever my name is placed there will be a record there there will be a record left there it is it's sort of like this vortex that is opened up and and uh when that god places his name on a particular point of parallel or junction uh it it has a specific uh application that that uh, has uh, transforming power that is able to be relayed uh, and taken in by that person or or sent out as uh, energies to other individuals. Those things are just not light things, uh, but they go along really well with the who's who of the Mount of Transfiguration and with the, the powerful things that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, I was reading in Galatians here, uh, the other day. Just you know, I, I, I love to read the Bible and uh I I never get tired of it. Uh I I I am totally fascinated with this greatest book that was ever written. And I feel it's you know my job uh to to save the Bible uh from uh, some of the uh erroneous translations and from some of the uh Really negative things that are being said about the Bible uh, by scientists and people in the world, and to show and to prove, uh, because the Bible does say "prove all things," and I'm, uh, I can guarantee you the Bible comes within uh, that definition. And uh, Paul was talking, and uh, he he was he was talking about in uh, Galatians 115, uh But but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood and and this is the, the promise of uh, transassimilation because um you know even David said that when I wake I know I shall be like him and this is All about trans-assimilation, and this is all part of the revelation of what was meant when Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And as we begin to come into that understanding, and and this need of having the Son to be revealed in us, uh, that is what is going to allow us to be effective and to be helpful. And then, uh, you know, Paul goes on in the second chapter, and the first verse Then fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. I thought it was absolutely sensational where he writes and he says, I went up by revelation. This is more along that line in which the scripture says the day will come that you'll not, you won't worship in one mountain or another mountain uh, that is involved with um, religiosity and, and sex of, of uh, conceptualities. But the day will come that you, they that worship God will worship God in spirit and in truth. <clears throat> so, we need to know about about thunder. Um, in Job twenty six fourteen, it says, "But the thunder of his power, who can understand?" And, and that's that's a, pl- a thing that you know we're asking for people to get alerted to, to awaken to. Uh, don't you want to know about? about the thunder of God's power, what exactly that does mean. God isn't just uh, slightly and lightly putting uh, that into the Bible and speaking about it, and it it is all through the Bible, it's it's a very fact-filling, deliberate uh, use of terms uh, that has something of, of a very, very deep nature. And the scripture I just read in Job twenty six fourteen indicates that it's a power, uh, but who can understand it? There, there is a there is a difficulty out there of dissimulation of knowledge to these people, and and uh, a mis um, complexity of how people are directing their focuses to understand uh, such a teaching. Um, part of the problem being that. Um, uh, they don't see the relationship uh with thunder. they don't see the importance that um that the Bible has uh with with you know re- revealing the pattern of the heavens and that uh the pattern of the heavens has to be purified we've been given that as an instruction, and uh, without purifying the patterns of the heavens. Uh, you cannot fulfill the uh, ministry that was given to, to, to Elijah uh, via John the Baptist, because that was the ministry that's going to, uh, you know, push down the hills and the mountains and level out the valleys. And, uh it's going to do these marvelous things in doing so it's going to turn the hearts of of fathers uh, to the uh, sons and sons to the fathers and uh, you know incredible things that have to do uh with uh, the the gift of love in psalms eighty one seven It talks about the secret place of thunder now there is a a persistent and consistent uh use of and of um, definitions about you know this term. Thunder uh, because it talks about uh, you know uh, God's power uh, this this thunder of God's power who can understand, and then when you add to that the secret place of thunder so we we need to we need to really uh, get into this and I want to help you today to see some things about this thunder and how that it is definitely uh, the language of the Bible the language of god and and it is it is the you know uh the thing that god wants to reveal in this hour uh there's a secret place of thunder that happened on the mount of transfiguration we want to show you that where god has put his name that 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 is a made a sacred a sacred uh uh place and um <clears throat> We, we, we want you to really understand to, under, to come into the knowledge of the secret place of thunder uh, is to come into an understanding of the thunder, and as it was put in Revelation six one, it speaks about you know the voice of thunder uttered its its voice, and um, uh, thunder, thunder uttered its voice and said, "Come and see so the 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 symbolism. The metaphor, the parallel and parable of thunder is in revelation six one calling out to every ear that will hear he that hath an ear, let him hear you know what the spirit is saying to the church, and, and that is happening emphatically right now with the Word of God, emphatically speaking to the people, who say you you really, really, really need to listen to these teachings about the trackways that are you know uh, leading up to the mount of transfiguration and uh, and and, the, and and that voice is saying come and see there's two things that have to be initiated number 1 you have to put forth the effort to come which it may mean uh, you know uh, getting on to uh, the broadcast and and turning it on and you know, setting aside the time to to listen, and, and listening is part of seeing, because it opens up visions in your mind when you hear the word. <clears throat> now, in Revelations 14.2, uh, it reveals that thunder is the voice of many living waters. So when it talks about throughout the book of Revelation and in other, other verses in the Bible about the, the many living waters, um, that is describing something that is the result of the thunder. It is the thunder that when it speaks, which mostly is not understood, is more like a noise to people because they don't understand this spiritual thunder, uh, but it actually is the voice of many living waters in the 17th chapter of revelations and the 15th verse the angel described to john in an interpretation of the word waters and he said the waters that you saw the lady sitting on this represents nations peoples tongues languages you know uh it it was a representation waters were a representation of entities of of people of, of you know creation people and and so when you get into this thunder, uh you are you are getting into something um uh, of an incredibly deep nature, and we're going to expand on this. Um we're going to uh you know even consider about the thick cloud and the thunder that happened in Exodus nineteen sixteen uh on on the Mount uh, uh Sinai experience with Moses and uh <clears throat> how that that particular uh episode was tied in uh to the 20,000 angels uh that that uh, were there on that mountain of mount Sinai and that is recorded in the 68th chapter of psalms and how that uh, uh it it mentions right there that those angels were on mount Sinai and they were a particular uh, a group of angels uh, that um, are actually called Argonauts or, or Arturians. Uh, right now, we've been calling them Arturians, but possibly in the future, uh, we will call them Argonauts um, more often than we call them um, than we call them, uh, you know, Arturians. There is um, interesting story about the stars and about the ship. Uh, that is, you know, uh, the ship of voyage that the Argonauts take uh, throughout the uh, constellations of the heavens, and uh, that is a story that you know, God wants us to be able to read the stars, read the messages that were put in the stars. He tells us in the 19th chapter Psalms, you know, that that He's done these wonderful, amazing things. His hand has, you know. Written the line of his word throughout all uh, of the of the heavens the the scaffolding uh, of uh, his uh, masterful touch uh, has placed mysteries and and beatitudes and wonderful colorations uh, that all have signs and have messages. Uh, Genesis uh, tells us that stars were made uh, uh, to reveal the times and to ha- show signs. Um, nothing is by uh, accident uh, a, a compose by God. Everything that God poses, composes, has a definite lattice to it, a definite reason. And so we have to put all these things together so that we can understand the full and powerful meaning uh, and as, as i started to say earlier in exodus 1916 it talks about the thick cloud and the thunder and um how that uh, you know that that this came on over the mount when they were there this cloud <coughs> is one of the names that um, is used quite frequently in the bible instead of uh chariot of fire um it's used uh, instead of saying angel craft because, um, you know, the people back then didn't understand anything about flying vehicles. Um, it, they didn't know what to call them. And uh, so a lot of times they were just called clouds because some of them were so huge, you know, uh, some of them were small planet domes. Uh, planet domes that can go through space at incredible speeds and have complete living facilities just as if you were living on a, a small earth and um, and those are planet domes and they use those to go from one galaxy to another and uh, from one planet to another and we we do a lot of teaching on that uh, in my writings uh, in the book of, uh, of the Father's House and uh <clears throat> those days uh, we do have some exciting times to come there there's just, just <laughs> there is just no question about it i've got a bunch of scriptures that i i want to to read and i want to elaborate upon uh because you know it is it is the word uh that is so important but before we get more into the thunders let's let's go back and let's talk again about mount hermon because if we don't understand the importance of Mount Hermon, and and why that uh, for for anyone to conclude that that uh, that the Mount of Transfiguration is any place else but on Mount Hermon, um, it, it is a sad shape, and a sad undersong, because it misses the whole incredible, beautiful uh, 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 story and song of reality um and, you know in um uh in deuteronomy four forty eight uh you should really mark this one down deuteronomy four forty eight uh it says that uh, uh herman is zion s i o n herman is Zion, so we have the proof there that the the other name for um herman is Zion and there are other names uh there is uh, Shinar, uh and there is um uh, there there is uh syrian uh, syrian um, means uh, breastplate and uh and there is zion with with a z or z depending on whether you're canadian or usa you <clears throat> pronounce the z z so uh, uh if you had a strong uh hebrew dictionary and you went into the to search the word zion s i o n then you just like any other dictionary like webster's dictionary uh they would give you other associated words that are um that have meaning uh and and this like another way of saying the same thing but maybe instead of it, it being a noun it might be an adverb but it's still related to the same word, and is still defining the same subject. And if you do that with with uh, uh, Zion, one of the things you will find, in addition to to Shinar uh, and Sanion, uh, 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 you will see the word Zion, Z I O N, or in Canada Z I O N. And so, when we look at this thing of of uh, of Zion, whether it's S-I-O-N or Z-I-O-N, uh, we have to understand that that has been related to to being tied in with Mount Hermon. That does not mean there is a not another Z-I-O-N, a small little uh, hill that that has been uh, designated as a Zion. Uh, but that's not unusual in the Bible for there to be names of places and things uh where there is more than than one designation for more than one place so this thing about uh zion uh, being uh hermon is really really important uh because of the tie in of what the scripture says in in psalms uh you know uh, about it. it 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 is uh so incredibly uh important that we we get that we get that message um you know uh, there was a a gentleman by the name of henry baker and he was a a christian man and a very devout uh, person and in 1867 uh, he made a trip um into what they call the holy land and he went over to um to uh, uh mount um uh, hermon and he was able there to see with his own eyes he was able to see with his own eyes this dew that in psalms it talks about the dew that that comes down and uh, uh from mount hermon and and that it uh uh that it 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 wets uh all the mountains of of uh, zion zion now, some people had read that and just not understanding and not knowing, they interpreted that to mean that the uh, the dew or the blessings from Mount Hermon, uh, it being such a high mountain, uh, had a way somehow of, of coming down and blessing um, the um, you know uh, the Zion that was over by Jerusalem, but you know that just is absolutely. Uh, not what it is saying. It's not limited that that, that, that blessing cannot be, uh, you know, uh, sent over to the other, other Zion as well. But let's just read that scripture. I believe it is uh, Psalms sixty I'm not sure of that. I might be wrong. I uh, have to think a minute. Hold on there while I get this. Just hold on there for a jiffy. I have to uh go to the Bible and look off to the side here the way we have things set up. Oh okay, that is not quite the right I'll be getting into that scripture later. That is not the quite quite the right one, but uh you know we will get into it in a little bit. The scripture I'm talking about in Psalms uh is uh, is about this um expression that it talks about in which um, uh, there there is there is this experience of life of of, of life everlasting uh, that that it promises and and that it gives and uh, let's turn to Psalms 133 3 I think that's it 1333 yeah that that will be the right one And this is a powerful verse. I've read it a couple times, but it's so powerful that you can't really even get this whole uh, message upon the about the Mount of Transfiguration if um, if you don't understand what's going on. And and this is part of understanding what's going on. Uh, and I read you those scriptures about you know getting into that understanding. Okay, so here here is uh, here is what it says. My mic is just flopping around here, not wanting to stay in place, but um, here is what it says. Um, Psalms 33, 3. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended... Now, I hope you're getting this. I'll read it again. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. Now, this is so incredible. It is so absolutely incredible that you get this. Number one, the Mount of Transfiguration took place on Mount Hermon. Number two, Mount Hermon which is like very very high mountain, ninety thousand feet. I not I should I should say ninety thousand. Uh, I think it's more like nine thousand. But um, when we're when we're looking at this, it, it there are many other mountains. Most of your other mountains around uh, Jerusalem and in those areas, they are only like maybe eighteen hundred feet. 2,000 or 2,500 feet. Uh, Zion is just one small mountain close to Mount Moriah, which is another small mountain. I've said this before. So when it talks about the mountains of Zion, we have to understand that doesn't exist over by Jerusalem, because it's not mountains. It's Mount, not a true mountain. But it does exist in the golan heights and and in the whole section part of of mount hermon which is not just one mountain it it is it, it has several different peaks and it has a continuation of all kinds of other smaller mountains so all of those mountains which are all part of the golan heights and and uh and go in, you know it goes it, it into territories uh north and southward east and westward uh it, it it covers a huge uh expanse and so so it is the only place by this Bible verse that it can be. It can't it can't be some other place um although it can symbolically, metaphorically represent also as it does in the twelfth chapter of Hebrews the heavenly Jerusalem. And the city of God, the Father's house, which is in in a physical heaven, uh, not on this earth. Now it says here, and I read this, it talks about this blessing, even the life forevermore. Well, one of the things that this gentleman describes, because he went there and, you know, he had a crew with him, and they had their. all their travel equipment, and I suppose, you know, like tents to stay in and, and sleeping bags and all the kind of things they need like that. And um, that, he said, is, you know, v- very humid, hot, sort of dry type of land, but that at night, uh, at around the Mount Hermon areas, um, that this dew would congeal and then would, uh, you know, loosen up and would come down, and it, it was a beautiful kind of moisture that would come down. And do, and because due to and because of that dew that came down, which this uh, you know Psalms one thirty three three that I read you was speaking about, um, because of that, it said there there was absolutely uh, awesome um, uh, at the uh, you know aw- awesome gardens at the foot of Herman. And it was absolutely a marvelous, very fertile uh, land where there there was uh, orchids uh, um, uh, there was all kinds of uh, of uh, fruit trees and various things like that that just had uh, uh, abounded prolifically. Now, what we have preached for many, many a year um, is that um, the revelation of the bible tells us that that in lebanon that there is a connection to lebanon and the garden of eden and we have taught that the garden of eden was not far from mount hermon was not far from the base of mount hermon that there was that that, that is where the garden of eden was now that is totally a different teaching different teaching than what most of your Bible scholars and other people teach, but you know, uh, we we didn't go up uh, to to, uh, uh, examine the Word of God uh, by checking with all the scholars and checking with all of the the, uh, people and all the denominations. We went up by revelation, like Paul did, and when you go up by revelation, you get to find out answers that are not given, uh, you know, uh, by the flesh but are given by the Spirit, and many many times they are different from what the common crowd is milling around with and uh, so this mount hermon is so incredibly awesome to that respect that it is connected and it watered and fed it watered and fed the garden of eden which there are at least two scriptures in the bible that mentions the trees of Lebanon, as being uh, the same place as the Garden of Eden, so we have proof by the Bible that Lebanon, and and we are talking the a- Anti-Lebanon. Uh, there is a range of mountains that uh, separates Anti-Lebanon. Lebanon. Uh, one of the one of the tall mountains in that range is over ten thousand uh, feet. And then uh, some of the rest of of the connected ridge mountains with it are very high also although although not quite that high and then on the other side of it uh you have you know tyre and and some of the major cities of uh of lebanon uh which are you know the the, the populated cities but behind the that major um, um uh, series of mountains uh you have the Anti-Lebanon range, uh, which has a corridor uh, that goes through and past Mount Hermon, uh, all the way to the Euphrates River, and and uh, when you go uh, south from uh, Mount Hermon, uh, you know you follow the rivers uh, to Galilee and and the rivers uh, uh, from there into Jordan and on down to the Dead Sea. So it, it it's quite a connection. But when you begin to see this scripture, the Lord commanded blessings, even life forevermore, it's talking about the tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. And that was all connected. So even in the book of Enoch, uh, the book of Enoch talks about when these angels came down and the reason they came down there was because uh, part of their job was uh, to preserve um you know the the uh, tree of life and uh, uh it, it uh, you know the, even that revelation was was seen there in uh a little bit of the uh book of uh of uh of enoch uh you know that book sadly needs uh, to be retranslated which i hope to do someday but um in the meanwhile there's still a lot of goodies that can be made available but you have to be careful how you Put it together or or you'll uh, be worse off than not even using it so uh as we begin to see this all of a sudden, there is an opening. this mountain is a really, really, really important mountain, and of course, we teach that that's where Moses built the ark. he wanted to get the ark up high, so that uh, when the- flood waters came, uh you know maybe a hundred uh 100 152 300 feet high moving at over 100 miles uh, you know an hour maybe more than that uh that that uh, it would have a chance to break uh that uh, sort of uh, tsunami effect uh before it uh, reached uh the height where the uh the ark was being built and and the trees that were built in that area were just awesome trees uh for for building the ark uh, the trees that were that grew in that area, rather. So those are are super important things as we begin to see all of the wondrous things that tie in to to that mount and why Jesus went to that mount. Uh, also, we teach that the that the um, the Ark of the Covenant was was uh, on that mo- our, uh, mount, and uh, it was it was um, uh, buried within a cave. And then later, it was taken up to heaven to where it says in the book of Revelations that now the, the Ark of the Covenant uh, is in a temple in heaven. Now, it's not talking about the heaven of heavens, the heaven above all heavens, the spirit heaven, the spirit energy heaven. It's talking about the Father's house heaven, which is a physical heaven. And it they, ha- they do have temples there and mansions. And, you know, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go away to prepare a place for you. It's still a place where you can prepare and build things and and so forth, so that is very, very important to get all of this down and see the connection that the Bible is really uh talking about now um in psalms uh, sixty eight being that i started started to read that scripture earlier, let's just read it again to make sure that we're we're covering uh you know this uh awesome Uh, revelation, because uh, although I've covered some of these things before, you know, we're tying them together now. So um, in uh, Psalms 68, uh, verse 17, uh, it talks about the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. And the word for angel there is shinons, which there is no other place in all of the Bible that it ever used that word and that's because the the of the meaning of those particular angels because these are angels that are actually um uh angels elect which are coming from uh argonaut or as or as we most often call it uh arturus the father's house and and there's 20,000 of them there and and it says um um Verse seventeen, the chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels, and the Lord is among them, as in Sinai, the holy place. Now, many of these um um uh, Ziths, uh, and these what they call chariots of fire uh they are are capable of um of connecting together and then making one big huge uh uh, uh, shaped, um, vehicle that could actually be, you know, miles and miles and miles and miles long. And so there, like even people standing on the ground at the base of a mountain would look up and, and, and this, uh, vehicle, uh, would maybe go for miles, uh, you know, uh, on out beyond the mountain. And they would have no way of even thinking about that being uh, any kind of a, of a of a craft in which there's you know a lot of people uh, there joined together uh, in, in this module, uh, which is almost like a planet dome. Uh, and it, it, it's called a cloud because it, to them, you know, it was just like this, maybe silvery or whitish-looking uh, uh, vehicle, uh, which it describes, uh, you know, in other places, uh, similar type of things. Uh, but I don't have time to get in all that today for this teaching. Uh, so, so it was a cloud, and, and so the, and the Bible clearly says that that God spoke and the angel spoke from heaven, meaning according to genesis 1 the firmament the sky and if they were hovering down over the mountain uh they spoke and and uh they had a way of speaking like thunder you know uh they were able to to um to to send their uh sound voices out over the whole a mountain and it be heard uh, those that could hear by the spirit heard it one way, those that could not hear by the spirit were just full of fear, and they said moses we we don't want to talk directly to God, we don't want to hear this voice uh we'd like you to you to represent us and uh, and of course, that's what Moses ended up doing, uh, but even then, uh, the whole experience was so um, terrific. Uh, that it, even um, the Bible says in the 12th chapter of Hebrews that Moses uh, uh, exceedingly feared and trembled. Uh, so don't think it's just you a know, minor thing. In fact, when people often see the angelic creatures, um, one of the things that these angelic creatures have to constantly tell people, fear not. Fear not. And you'll see in many, many places throughout the Bible where angelic creatures have appeared that um, the, the angel will speak and say, fear not you know because the first thing that does happen is people do have fear and especially in the ancient times they really believed that if you ever saw god or even saw a, a highly decorated uh, angel uh that uh, because of your unworthiness you you would be unworthy to, to having seen uh, uh the angel or god and and you would um, you would die uh for having seen this holy uh you know uh experience so so those things are 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 very very uh interesting, and uh much more will be uh said about this, but again, on the seventeenth verse of the sixty eighth chapter of of psalms, the chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels. now, see how they connect the chariots with the angels is almost synonymous. Uh, But of course, they're not. But it's because that they are so exclusively uh, made uh, to tie in to the particular uh, engineers, uh, our engines, as they are called, that drive them. And we're not talking about physical motors. We're talking about, you know, the mind power that directs the signals uh, to the various apparatuses of of the synths. And then uh, it obeys those mind signals, and those are those are just identified to each and every angel who is a, who is an engine or engineer, and uh, so it's an extremely exciting, uh, just beyond imagination, uh, whole venture. Okay, now <clears throat> we've got um, we've got this thing. Um, let me one more before we get any further along. Let me read you two other verses that tie into this so that we don't uh, get off base. Uh, let's look at Hebrews 12, 18, 23. I read it last week, but let's read it again because it is so absolutely pertinent. Uh, Revelation, uh, pardon me, Hebrews 12. Okay, in Hebrews 12, um, here, is, um, here is what it says, and this is uh, really uh, awesome, often, you know, just awesome, absolutely incredible stuff. Okay. Um, here's the scripture in verse 21 of, of chapter 12. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Uh, and then it goes on to verse 22, but you are not come unto Mount Zion. Uh, 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 I say, but you are come. I'm, uh, let me read that again. But you are come unto Mount Zion. And in other words, you're not you're not coming into the, into Mount Sinai. Now, this revelation is about you coming into Sion, to Zion, S I O N. I read you the scripture in Deuteronomy four that says that Mount uh, Zion is Mount Hermon. So you have come unto Mount Hermon, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So. When this scripture i read you in in psalms 133 3 talks about this blessing that comes down in the dew and gives this this life this everlasting life uh which is about this tree of life in the garden of eden that was close to that approximate vicinity um uh and, and then it goes on to say you know this this mountain is so designated it is such a place of record uh it is such a, a a divine uh uh you know a, a exclusive and inclusive uh a, a, a place of drama uh it is such a vortex uh that that um uh it it has the capability of allowing people to be able to uh you know to meet god if they have been uh, so designed and chosen uh, to be brought there and uh and so uh uh, these people that went to the mountain. When we say who, who is the who that were chosen to go to the Mount of Transfiguration, and what about them? What, who, who were these people really? So that's that's what we're going to continue with here in a little bit. But let's go on and read this in uh, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse uh, <clears throat> verse 22. But you you are come unto Mount Zion, Mount Hermon and into the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Now, is what Paul is speaking about is, is Psalms 68, in which there's 20,000 chariots, uh, 20,000 ziths uh, that are modul- moduled and joined together, making this huge uh, uh, city uh, called Jerusalem, was was w- when those modules are joined together? Does that form a planet dome called Jer- Jerusalem that ascends down to the earth? Well, Matt Manifest teaches that even during the time that uh, uh, that, Ab- uh, that Adam and Eve were. We're in the stage of being prepared for the tree of life and and for coming into you know an, the ultimate uh, uh, pattern of uh, of uh, of uh, transformation that uh, uh, there was uh, a holy Jerusalem that descended, and we can see the uh, trackways of that upon the earth because it tells that later uh, people like Abraham were called out you know uh, of the paganistic areas that they lived in close to the persian gulf and that they were called out and he was to find a city the city that was not made by hands and 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 he was to find a particular man he found uh you know that revelation and and uh and that that was all part of his meeting with melchizedek who was from that city which is not of this earth that's why melchizedek is not given a general, uh, you know, not given a a, a generation connection uh, to the people on the planet Earth, but instead uh, his genetics is connected with, as it describes it in John, uh, Saint John, chapter uh, fourteen. Uh, Jesus said, "In my Father's house are many mansions." If it were not true, I would have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. And so we see that there is this story. You cannot get away from it unless you just want to refuse the word of God. If you want to just continue being blind, continue being deaf, continue being uh, uh, into perturbation of the mind uh, due to the things that have glued in and concreted into your thoughts, and you are so used to having believed those things, you don't want to be promoted uh, to a higher realm of hearing and understanding, then, you know, that's, that's as far as you'll go. And 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 uh, you will not be crossing over the Jordan uh, to the west side. You'll be staying on the uh, on, on the other side, which is has much more wilderness, much more desert, and is a much more uh, harsh place to live. Okay, and so um, uh, it goes on. It says um, uh, to twenty third verse, twelfth chapter of Hebrews. Um, To the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, that's the father of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator. That's what Mount Hermon is about. It's the mount of transfiguration. And who is one of the who people to be there? Jesus, the mediator. And there he is in his mediating, mediating spirit, uh, and and he is revealing things, you know, to Elijah, to Moses, and Moses and Elijah are ministering to him, updating him on things of the spirit world, and and the three disciples, John. James and Peter. Wow. I hope you're I hope you're getting an insight to this. I hope you really are. Because once you get the insight into this, you will not be interested in any other stories. You will not be in, interested in the undersong that's being sung out there. Now <clears throat> we're talking about thunder. We're going to go to some more verses if we have the time, because there's a lot of them. If we don't get the time this uh Today we will move on uh on it again next week um but uh in matthew four twenty one it talks about um you know the those who became the first disciples and um uh, uh and you can look at matthew four twenty one and you can look at matthew ten two and uh and and this is this is very very interesting. Uh, the uh, sons of zebedee were mending uh, the nets of their fathers of their father uh and um uh this this gentleman zebedee was a very very special person um because um he um he not only had a, a ship that was his ship and his nets but he had hired servants uh he he was he was an employer and there were people working for him uh so he 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 had to, by by the merit of that this wasn't some little small craft that one or two men could just go out and fish and and handle everything this was a larger craft uh that uh you know had a huge intake of 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 fish and that needed uh, a lot of hands hired hands to work it was a business and he had two sons and uh, and these two sons were called uh, John and James, or James and John, however you like to put it first. Well, this is important. The three first persons that were chosen to be disciples was Peter, and then James and John. And they were all from this fisherman area and were involved in fishing. Now i've done a teaching way back a long time ago how that uh later jesus became a part of this uh of of this fishing uh, in between times and uh he was very involved uh that because by the spirit he could do something that no one el- none of the other merchants could do out there and he would tell his disciples okay go f- forward over here uh You know so far and and now, let your net down on the uh the opposite side of the ship, the left side of the ship uh and uh, you will you will really get a uh, uh bring up a huge draw of fish and and every time that he would give that word, that's what happened uh, we have we know of another instance in which um one of the disciples th- insisted that uh, they should pay um you know the fee. Uh, to to the collectors that were collecting uh, from people that were coming into Jerusalem and that were supposed to pay, you know, a, a, a certain fee to the government, and uh, uh, Jesus knew that you know they didn't they did not need to pay that they didn't owe it, but because they had opened their mouth and taken on the responsibility, but they didn't have the money with them, he said, okay, go to the ship, and there at the ship, he said, uh, you know, you you know. Uh, Get a fish, you'll find a fish, and when you find this fish and you open its mouth, you'll find the money inside the fish in the mouth and uh, bring that uh and uh that's how we will pay uh for this particular fee. probably these were ship these were fish that were already caught, and this money was either by miracle or by you know just uh, a way of uh, of uh preserving a, a safe place for the money uh put in there. Jesus knew about it, but it 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 was involved as a business and and this paid for a lot of the times when they uh when uh they uh would go and buy food they Jesus didn't always do a miracle of creating food to feed the multitudes it was obviously from the 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 statements that were made by the disciples that they you know they said should we go and buy uh you know for enough food here to feed these people it's obvious that they had been doing that and it's obvious from the things Jesus said that the molded, some of these people followed him because of 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 the food being fed and and so this was a regular thing that they did they would get large crowds out they would be quite a ways out from the city and uh and then they would get hungry and they would get thirsty and then uh from the business that Jesus conducted uh you know uh that that uh, paid uh for a lot of his food and then the other people of course that supported Jesus were some very wealthy women uh, and these women were very wealthy and they were able to um uh, you know, to to uh, help fund the things that uh, Jesus was doing, and uh, and uh, so th- there's records of that. There's records of of those uh, two particular things. Okay, so much for that. Now, it is interesting that these three, who were the first disciples chosen, were also chosen to be the only disciples of the twelve disciples. ...that were chosen to go up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And it is interesting that two of those disciples... ...that they were given surnames, and they were brothers, and they were called the Sons of Thunder. Now, I've heard people say, well, that just meant that they often argued, and, and, and that's just what it was talking about when it said Thunder. And that is such an ignorant interpretation... That is so full uh, of malarkey and bl- uh, blubber and, and, and baloney and whatever you want to call it, uh, that it's almost enough to, to you know make a person feel sick, uh, to hear people so far off from the truth. Uh, Jesus was given serious names. When he gave the name uh, stone to Peter, um, that was a serious name. And and it meant big things, like he says, uh, you know, you know, this you're going to be the rock at the, you know, for the church to stand on. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Uh, it was an incredible thing uh, that was given to Peter, and and it was an incredible things that were given unto uh, to James and John. In fact, it was so incredible, and they knew it was incredible. They understood what it meant, that they thought that they stood a good opportunity. Uh, to be able to go to Jesus and and to um, you know uh, petition him that they would be able to to sit one and the other on each side on each of his side one on his left side one on his right side in the kingdom and and, and they were not afraid to request that and, and Jesus didn't say what are you some kind of idiots who do you think you are he just said look this is not my job my place. I I do what the father tells me and the father will decide has to decide this. I can't give you that position. I can't make you that promise. But but you know the these names thunder that was given to John and James uh <laughs> that, that was a powerful revelation and it connected to some incredible uh, things that you know we want to tell you about uh you know maybe by we can get through most of it tonight, but if not, we'll finish it next week, and then we'll go on to all the other things that you know we're promising to tell you. Uh, but it you know it probably as I'm relooking this over, we're not talking about just maybe we're, we're probably not talking about two more uh, sessions to complete this series. we're probably talking you know a total of ten, maybe even twelve uh, sessions that it's going to take of these teachings to finish. This series, but i'll tell you what it's going to make a small book, and it is going to be one of the most powerful books uh that that uh, that exist uh you know on the earth um, <clears throat> interestingly uh, one of the uh brothers of uh, brothers of our our group of uh listeners and believers uh sent me a um, um a message uh on the from the YouTube. Where there has in recent history here they have discovered uh this um uh, book that is uh, you know made out of copper and and it there's evidently been you know holes punched through it and uh it's been uh of the nature that there is a special web wiring uh, that holds it together and allows you to turn the the copper pages and there's all of the special uh uh information. And and, uh, and special uh, writ, and it's a very interesting time uh, uh, of discovery that something like this is coming forth, uh, when they think that there's nothing else out there to be found. <laughs> They're just discovering that no, there there are there the, the word is still out there, and some people have have presupposed. Uh, that this might be the book that was described in the book of Revelation about uh, about the little book that was handed to John, that, that this might be the book with the seven seals that, that is being found. And, of course, that's uh, not the case at all because the conclusion of that book uh, was that God told John to eat up the book. <laughs> now we know there's spiritual meanings to that. But still um um uh, people do come up with their ideas, but that, that that copper uh you know uh book that they found is still extremely interesting and uh we don 't know how many years it'll be before it would ever be uh restored and and uh made public, but they say that it was written uh before paul 's uh uh works were written, and it was written sometime not too long after um the uh, destruction of the temple and uh and jerusalem by the romans in 70 ad so so this is very 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 uh, uh upcoming and it's, it's interesting how god is moving and they say that this book is was written over in jordan uh close to this cave where the, where the, where this uh these copper uh, this copper book was found and that it was written by christians and it talks about the cross, it talks about Christ, and it, it, it's going to be something absolutely sensational, uh, they believe to uh, update people on, um, you know, the, the times that happened after the destruction of Jerusalem, but, you know, a message about Jesus, about the cross, about the Christians, uh, I, I find that exciting, and I just think this is an exciting time of revelation, and Paul said, you know, I didn't go down to the temple and listen to all the, what the church people had to say. He says, I just uh, went out into a special place in the desert and I went up by revelation, uh, you know, to seek what God would tell me uh, of the Word directly. Uh, this is a spirit to spirit time of revelation of listening by the Spirit and moving by the Spirit and understanding by the Spirit. And it is what God is doing in this day and in this age. And and I, I find these things, uh, you know, very exhilarating. They say that they have uh, done a, uh, a test on this copper, and it does date back to that time. Uh, forensically, they have to do a lot more testing to make sure that it's authentic and not some kind of... Uh, you know fraudulent uh, creation but uh they they say it looks very uh very real, so just throwing that in because that's such an interesting uh interesting subject there um okay now um we've got the sons of thunder and and they they have been given you know this uh very powerful name. they were two of the people that were up on the mountain now. <clears throat> Someone might have said earlier, well, you know, how, how does, you know, you're talking about all this thunder and and uh, what's that got to do with tracks upon the mountain? What's that got to do with the, the, the mountain of transfiguration? Well, because there were two human beings up there that Jesus Christ himself elected to call them sons of thunder. So that brought the thunder to the Mount of Transfiguration. <coughs> Praise be the name of God. Now we got you. You, you don't have John and James uh, without thunder, and and you don't have thunder without John and James on the Mount of Transfiguration. And that opens up the whole subject and the reality of what is the connectedness to thunder uh, as as it is being named and connected uh, with with this whole revelation you know of, of Jesus Christ well we we saw one connection on the mountain of hermon we saw one co- one connection you know, there with the with 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 the cloud and and with and uh, when you read about sinai about the about the the voice that came out as uh, of, of which is a voice of of thunder and and like bolts of fire and many living waters and and that spoke under this cloud uh and and then uh, that comparison of what happened uh, uh with twenty thousand angels is a comparison of 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 being transferred uh, uh but in a in a new spiritual likeness uh, uh of of a greater uh, transcendent uh, glorified nature in jesus christ and and so that, that that the glory of that past mountain Sinai is being transferred uh by the presence of Moses standing on the sea of glass and 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 singing the songs of Zion <laughs> so it's utterly fantastic it's utterly beautiful it's utterly connective uh expressive and uh is uh beyond uh you know anything that uh that can be imagined um uh these uh these sons of thunder had a mother uh you know speaks about that Matthew 20:20 20, 20. and uh there are uh many other uh you know connections that that are in the scripture uh that make the connections to uh this teaching that I'm sharing with you right now um it uh you know it talks about um in the song of the solomon uh it talks about the mountains uh of the leopards and uh in the um uh, the seventh thunder's book uh that i i've made available for sale and you can you know get a copy of that if you're interested uh by uh looking at the advertisements either on uh, themanifestor.com or themanifestor.org and uh, it'll tell you where to go and to get that book but in that book it tells about this cave uh, like the cave of the leopards, the cave of the lion family, uh, that um, uh, was a place that was used to hide uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, how that Jesus knew about that, and he went up uh, to to visit on the Mount Hermon. Uh, this is, of course, prior to, this is when he was a young, younger lad, and he got, you know, permission from his dad to be able to go do that. So there's some interesting, beautiful stories there and if you read that uh, about the mountain of the leopards, uh you know uh, which was talking about mount hermon uh, and are the hermonites uh that is called in Psalms 42:6 the hermonites and how that you need to remember the experiences that happened there and the song of the of uh, the solomon uh, uh, four, uh eight, chapter 4 8 chapter 4:8 those are uh uh, super important connections. If you want a scripture that's uh, that you can put down talking about ZBD's ship and uh, the business and the hired servants, you can find that in Mark one nineteen uh through twenty. Mark one nineteen through twenty where it will give you uh that that information. Uh so um now let's uh Let's move on uh, to you know to some of these other things uh, we're talking about. Um, you know the the disciples, the first disciples. It was it was the very three. But here is something that I think is well worth turning to and reading. Um, ooh, I think. Let me see if I've got the right thing here. Yeah, let's look at Matthew twenty-six. Turn to Matthew twenty-six, verse thirty-seven. And let's just read and see what that says that is uh, such an interesting thing okay hold on here one of these days i'll have everything i need uh so that my my papers and my book can be up on some kind of a a bracket or something and it'll be up above my my uh microphone and i'll be able to continue talking straight into the microphone uh, or uh, we have a couple that bought us a uh, a, a small mic that uh, attaches to the head and comes around in front of the mouthpiece. We just have to do some adjustment yet on that to, you know, make that so we're using it. But uh, that, you know, th- th- those things will all come together. We'll eventually get it all together to where it'll, uh, you know, be smoother. And I won't have to turn my my speaking voice away from the microphone and cause there to be a little change of volume uh, in the message. Uh, okay. So we're, we're talking Matthew uh, 26 and we're going to be looking uh, at verse 37. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's start with verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them to a place called uh, Gethsemane and saith Unto the disciples, sit here while I go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, O my father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. So, we see that that it's not an accident. The choice that Jesus has made of Peter and of the sons of thunder, of, of John and James, that they were the first ones that were chosen to begin with as disciples. They were selected to go up to the Mount of Transfiguration. At the end of the ministry, uh, while Jesus was going to be with them, at the Garden of Gethsemane, where they Jesus would be arrested and taken off to Pilate's Hall, they were again chosen to be with, with Jesus. They were the th- they were the ones. None of the other disciples were chosen for the Gethsemane thing. None of the other cho- the disciples were chosen for the Mount of Transfiguration thing. When you look at the at who Moses was, and how that it compared Moses as a a type of 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 Christ, and and, and that there was like no one that had, God had talked directly to, you know, uh, you know, no other prophet. And then when you look at at uh, Elijah, and how that he ascended up in the fiery chariot, and and the power that he had, and you look at him uh, when Jesus said uh, that, uh, when the disciple says, doesn't Elijah have to come before the Messiah, and he said yes, and, they must, and the and and Elijah has come, and they've done with with him what they will, and the Bible says, then the disciples understood. That Jesus was talking of John the Baptist, uh, when they went, when when the Sadducees and Pharisees went to uh, John the Baptist, and they said, you know, are 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 you the Messiah? He said, No, I am not. He says, Are you uh, Elijah? And he said, No, I am not. When they went to Jesus, they uh, they said, you know, is 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 uh, you know John the Baptist Elijah? Uh, and he said, Yes, he is. But John the Baptist. When he was telling the story, he was speaking about the fleshly body. He was not in the fleshly body of Elijah. He had a different, different fleshly body. And and uh, but it was th- he, his, the spirit uh, of Elijah was the spirit uh, that was his. And when Jesus was referring to him, he was talking about the, the, the transcendence that was by the spirit, not by the body and so that's very very important uh you know jesus understood it's the same person because the spirit is is the bearing prime uh matter uh, of of the uh, entity aspect uh, of an individual so that is so so absolutely important uh so scriptures like this are really a deciphering of truth and and pre- create the de- de- defining moments of insight uh, because they open up to a person's mind and to a person's uh, manifest reality, factuations uh, that that just are, are stunning in nature uh, is it, uh, you know it is it, absolutely just exceptional. <clears throat> uh, if you're looking for a scripture that says Elijah must come first, is spoken by Jesus. Uh, if you turn to Mark 9, 11 through 13. Uh, you can get that uh, kind of information. Uh if you want to verify where Jesus calls uh those two disciples the sons of thunder, uh you turn to Mark uh three seventeen uh and you'll find that. Uh you want other information on that subject, uh look at uh, Mark ten thirty five through thirty-eight. Those are all great scriptures for uh you know this message that uh, that we are are putting out here today and they have uh you know they have really awesome connection uh to to this whole story uh that is being revealed about uh, I am the resurrection of life uh that Jesus spoke in John 11:25 and so as we begin to enter into the the glories uh of the similitudes um, of these magnificent splendors of truth um, this, the the glories that we talked about with Moses, you know uh, the glories that we are now talking about with peter uh, John, and James uh, we are uh, exciting uh, stories of the past that have been uh, lying in a slumber. Uh, sort of like as the bible described it in psalms eighty one seven the secret place of thunder and in job twenty eight fourteen uh... but who knows uh... the thunder of god's power uh, who can understand it uh, this is the moment this is the day that god is speaking to us uh, to reveal his son in us this is the day that god has given us the power to go up by revelation this is the day that the voice of thunder is calling and saying, "Come and see." Uh, this is the day of understanding that this thunder, which is, which was the, this power of insight, this power of, of gift that was put upon John and James, the you know the sons of thunder, and, and all the meaning that is uh, entwined there. Now. Um, let's just look at some other uh, verses uh let's look at 1 Samuel 7:10 1 Samuel 7:10 and let's just see what we can find there uh in this i just you have to be patient with me because i've got to uh off to one side with one hand thumb through and find my connection here eventually we we will have it so that there is a um Uh, a a video that will be on a video and these verses will come up on the screen and then I will be able to read them right off the screen and you'll be able to see them as I'm reading them and it's going to make it just so very, very great. But, uh, you know, what we're waiting for and and please uh, don't take this as an insurgence uh, of where I'm trying to make a money plea uh, because I don't very often uh, mention money. But but you know, being so many people have asked me, why don't you this? Why don't you that? How come you don't have the video? How come you don't this? Well, it, it's because it all costs money, and and uh, uh, and in all honesty and truth, there's uh, you know very very little that comes in uh, to us uh, to help support this ministry. It's, it's just so so small that it's pretty much along the line of pathetic. We have had some help that has been put in for the when we when we're able to start publishing the Peace Bible. But, you know, we have to keep a certain amount of funds there that we cannot touch because if we go, you, we have to we have to get that printed. That's going to be a, a good amount of money. And that's going to happen before very long here. And then there, we're going to have to be able to, to, you know, put money into advertising. We cannot touch those funds. So they're. There, it's, it's great. It's great that we have them. We thank God. But as far as being able to, you know, get the equipment that we need, even like what I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, you know, that I would not be able to really finish the um, uh, the revelation about um, the crop circles and get into the the deep uh, numerations uh, that provides uh, the the frequency and pitches um that that uh i would not be able to to really do that in, in a correct way uh, until you know i'm able to get um, mathematica and uh and and uh, have it right there at my hand available i do have another system but uh that has been offered uh to be used indirectly uh i just haven't been able to get around to connecting with that and uh and it would be of course better if i was able just to put up the thousand dollars and get this other. But uh anyway, in the meanwhile we're gonna keep on with this and and uh we're gonna keep on preaching and ministering and just doing whatever we need to do to can get this word out the best way that we can get it out. And then as God provides then we will we will you know put money into uh whatever we need for software and, and equipment. So so much for that. I don't want to have to talk about it anymore right now. I want to go on with this message about the thunder. Okay. So um, we're in uh, 1 Samuel uh, 7. And we're looking at the the, uh, 10th verse. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomforted the Philistines uh, uh, so that they could be smitten before Israel. Now, uh, an interpretation of that word discomforted uh, that is also given on the sidelines in this uh, Bible uh, is uh, brought confusion. Uh, so this this gift uh, that it's talking about has to be in some ways similar uh, to, to to the, to the Z-ray uh, that, that was put upon Moses, which we talked about last week. Uh, the the z ray, you know, was was um, uh, when when uh, the uh, great artist Michelangelo did a painting of Moses, as I explained last week. He did a picture of Moses with horns. Um, people, you know, uh, when they would see Moses and and get a depiction of it. Uh, there'd be these rays coming out of a couple of places of his head, sort of solid rays, and they would see those rays and that solid, you know, color of that of that divine light co- coming forth, and so they would think, well, those are horns, but it really they were not horns. But of course, horns do symbolically mean power, but but they they were um, uh, they they were actually rays and uh and we connected that to the manifest teachings of zone rays or z rays and uh and how that uh, you know these these were tied into to the special kind of uh of uh of aura uh you know revelation uh that god was uh, moving on with people and it was connected with the syntonic fire you know the fire of the holy ghost and um We read to you last week uh, out of Habakkuk 3, 4 through 6. He had uh, horns coming out of his hand. This was a prophecy about Christ. And there was the hiding of his power. We talk about the secret place of thunder. Here now, it has been uh, uh, um, uh, translocated from from, uh, a mountain location to uh, a body. And in this body, uh, there is a secret hiding place of power uh in other words, people are not aware of of exactly all that it means to have this this radiant ray this z ray power uh you know coming out of your hands, you know apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, hand of god uh how that it can engender how that it can imbue, how that it can reinforce a ministry so that this ministry that is that is uh, accelerated uh by by uh, this uh, this holy shining of god uh, god's face shining upon you uh, gives you this zone ray power uh, that enables you to uh you know t- to see through things uh uh to have the power to to do incredible feats and exploits uh not even imaginable uh to the average human being by by uh the, the smallest amount whatsoever uh it it is it is uh incredible this uh, sons of thunder uh name that was put upon uh you know uh, john and james uh that that was just uh, a a beautiful beautiful thing and uh <clears throat> when it talked about moses it talked about his face being a glow that was exodus 34 29 through 25 um when we were talking last week, uh, we we talked about um, how that G- Jesus said that from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven had suffered violence and that that violence had taken it by force we know in ephesians it talks about that look we're not fighting and warring against flesh and blood but we are warring against powers and and principalities of darkness and and that's what a person has to keep in mind and then i read you isaiah 43 uh, through 5 isaiah 43 through 5 where there was this prophecy about filling every valley and bringing every mountain and hill low and straightening out every crooked place. And this was the message given to John the Baptist that he had to to uh be involved in. It was an incredible job. And and he's still involved in that. It's not finished. Uh you know. He's uh he, he's he's obviously still coming back around different times, involved in different ministries. And and uh, it's 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 a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, where he is still um perpetuating and engendering this whole uh uh power that is t- uh of of deliverance that is to be fulfilled in the time t- in the in the times time and the dividing of the times. And uh uh it is uh all being put in place. Uh it's just beautiful. And and the scripture if you need it where it's where Jesus says John the Baptist is Elijah uh it, it is it's Elias because it's transliterated from from Aramic to the to the Greek, uh, and that causes it to be spelled different. But if you check your concordance, you'll see that it does mean Elijah. That that is in Matthew eleven, thirteen through fifteen, and uh, and when I talked about this worship in the spirit, you can see that in John four twenty three, four twenty three. There is some uh, very ancient literature that talks about uh, these uh, three men, um, Moses, uh, Elijah, and Jesus, sitting and confiding together, and all of them, as they sat there, they just shone and shined, and there was Shekinah glory all around about them. Uh, I have a tendency to believe that is a true report and and that there is enough... Uh, mention of uh, situations there to forensically put that together as being factual Uh, I talked earlier and we talked last week about the reason Moses had to do what he did uh, was because he had a covenant uh, to stand in for his people those people that, uh, that were told that Also, they were told that they could not go over the Jordan, uh, that they would die in the wilderness there. And that's after going through the Red Sea and and putting up with all the things that they did. They were not going to be able to make it to the other side. Neither was he because he was going to bear their sins. But then I showed you the revelation in Ezekiel, I think it's 39. I don't remember exactly offhand, but how that um, uh, Ezekiel was showing this great, burial place of all these bones. And God said, now prophesy to it and cause these to come to, to life because these are the bones that have been separated from Israel. And he says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to to, to bring them into regeneration and cause them to come be alive again on the earth. And they're going to get their chance to cross the Jordan. They're going to get their chance to be in Israel. They're going to get their chance to have the benefit of Moses being on the Mount of Transfiguration and standing in for them, and and uh, fulfilling uh, the possibility for them so that they can come into the uh, they can come into the uh, the uh, uh, transfiguration also, which incorporates uh, trans- assimilation. So I think uh, it's so exciting. It's so absolutely exciting. And again, I want to just keep mentioning this thing in Hebrews 9:23, where it says that these things were necessary to purify the patterns in the heavens. Uh, the patterns in the heavens have to be purified before you can go on with the promise that those patterns uh, stood for. They have to be purified. And there are certain things that have to be done. So God's people have... To be given this secret understanding uh and 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 these secret places of thunder uh and, and like in Jesus were in the hollow of his hand, he had this power, and so as, as as a head and a body, uh we have to be able to to understand what particular items uh in the heavenlies that need to be purified. And as we understand this, and we're given the in, insight of it, and as we come into that place where the glowing comes upon God's people and the China, uh, Shekinah glory surrounds them, and, and the, they come into the, the Z zone, uh, they begin to be able to have the power to reach into the heavenlies and begin to purify uh, those those patterns that became uh, polluted by acts uh, that... that that people did and even angels did uh, in defiance of God's holy will uh, and they they have to purify that so there's there's a lot of work going on there's a lot of things that that have to be done and and it's it's all important we know why john's one of the hoo who people and that he's not because he's elijah and because it says that of uh, of men and i explained this last week uh, of of people uh, of, you know born of women. Uh, there is no no prophet that ever surpassed uh, John the Baptist. Uh you know, he, he uh that's Matthew eleven eleven. Uh you can check these scriptures out for yourself. Uh they're just they're just they're just awesome. Uh, the one about uh uh the days of John until now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, that's in Matthew eleven twelve. So those are beautiful uh beautiful verses uh <clears throat> they have uh, great power in the revelation of them, you know, and uh <clears throat> I think the scripture that on this whole transfiguration thing that a person should uh look at if you haven't and I I men- I mentioned this verse last week, but I mentioned it again is second Peter um uh one sixteen through twenty one talks about the voice from heaven uh, it, You know, this voice came down from heaven. This is all tied into the 20,000 angels and Christ who was on board that planet dome and, uh, and uh, was up above the mountain like a huge cloud covering the mountain and all the thundering that was happening. Uh, wow. Uh, it it it's just uh, you know it's just absolutely incredible. Now when we get back into and I'm, well, I'm running run of time, so I have to I have to work uh, on this here now. Um, the last scripture I think we mentioned in Revelation was uh, Revelation 14:2, where it speaks of the thunder and the voice of the of the uh, uh, many living waters. And I've just read the scripture in Samuel 7:10. Uh, Hold on just a minute okay if if i um if you haven't lost your place if you go to second samuel if you go to second samuel um twenty two fourteen second samuel twenty two fourteen and let me let me see how fast i can go through some of these scriptures because i'm <coughs> i'm running out of time twenty two fourteen uh we just want to share with you um uh something um you know, let's let's look at 22.11 to start with. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. And he was seen upon the winds, the wings of the wind. And he made darkness uh, pavilions around about, dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Now here we have a scripture verifying this thing that I'm telling you about, the, the thick dark cloud that covered the mountain. It says, he rode upon a cherub and did fly. And then it, it connects it in verse 12. That was verse 11. And we're, we're in Second uh, Samuel 22. It connects it, verse 12. And he made... Uh, darkness pavilions around about him dark waters and thick clouds of the skies uh, this was the, the simulation effect that it, it took but that it was actually uh, it was actually um, an incredible thing of the of the fulfillment of uh, Psalm 68 in which it talks about the 20,000 angels in these chariots of fire so to speak um, we um uh, uh, we have to come to uh, the place of of 2nd uh, Samuel 10 uh verse uh or pardon me 2nd chapter uh 2nd Samuel 22 verse 10 uh, he he uh, bowed the heavens and and came down darkness was under his feet he captured he Conquered, he stood upon the darkness. This is what we also have to do in this purifying of the heavens, in which we we cause the heavens to bow, and 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 we come down with the the darkness that has polluted uh, the patterns of the heavens under our feet, and we come down and and we we smashingly bring those patterns uh, to the dust upon the planet Earth and free uh those those uh, Im- important uh symboli- symbolisms that are the patterns uh, that were given in the heavens and in verse uh thir- 13 and and through the brightness uh before him were coals of fire kindled uh the lord thundered from the from heaven and the most high uttered his voice uh it is not until the lord thunders that the Most High utters His voice, and if we're wanting to uh, hear from the waters, if we're wanting to have an experience uh, from the voice of the many living waters, uh, which is the Father which art in heaven, uh, hallowed be His name, His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, if we want to have that experience, uh, first there's going to have to be the revelation opened up of the of, of the of the thundering. Uh, uh, of, of God's word, uh, you know, from heaven, and as we get into that revelation, you know, then there's going to be the sending out and the scattering of the lightning, this powerful lightning I read about earlier, and uh, and then, you know, some says, well, this is this was at the creation. Now, if you read it carefully, it really wasn't. It certainly wasn't how how David was using it. Uh, and 16, and the channels of the sea appeared, the foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils now listen how David connects it he sent from above he took me, he drew me out of the many waters and everybody could say that if they really could get into that place of deliverance because a lot of times the many waters is genetic waters that people are a part of they're, they're a part of many different genetic waters and there are things in those um uh, rep- repetitious and dominating uh, cellular experiences that keep a person uh, via that influence from really being free and and uh, god is wanting to to draw you out of those kind of waters and and uh uh, he's wanting to sin for you and say, you know, like I read earlier in Revelations, when the voice sounded, and it said, come and see, this thunder sounded, and he said, come and see, that's what this is about. In verse 18, he delivered me uh, uh, from my strong enemy and from them that that hated me uh, uh, for they were too strong for me. So that's an awesome scripture. And uh, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm running out of time here. Um, but uh there's many many other scriptures uh I would like to read I would like to share uh I mentioned this place uh, earlier about uh tied in with thunder uh about uh, where I record my name uh you know there will be a record of things that will happen and it's got the principle of thunder in it this is an incredible uh, uh verse um Exodus 20:18 uh, and 25 Exodus 20 18 and 25 uh, Wow that is exciting stuff uh, um, I I didn't have the time right now to get into it but we will next week uh, when it talks about uh, the seven thunders and, uh, and it talks about when those seven thunders uh, sound uh, then the mystery of God will be finished. And it connects the seven thunders with the seven spirits of God. So anybody that's been called in to this uh, incredibly deep and secret revelation of God about the thunder, like the sons uh, of thunder, uh, James and John, they are in to this revelation that has to do with these angels uh, that 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 came to to uh, you know to the, to the Mount uh, of. Uh, uh, that eventually is actually called, uh, you know, Zion. Uh, but at that time it was called Sinai. And uh, uh, the Bible is very clear. I read you the scriptures. You've got the proof. You've got the word of God is, is, is clearly there. Um, we find that these seven spirits, you know that they're tied into the seven thunders. Seven thunders are tied into the to the many voices of the many living waters. Uh there is a whole world of worlds uh of of the the, the many living waters and their many living messages that are divine messages. There is the revelation of the Z Ray, there's the revelation uh, of of uh the the seven thunders, the seven spirits of God, which are the seven universes that were prior. Uh, there is the connection then of of some of those people that that are involved uh, in in, uh, in their angelships uh, and are are active in in the, in the world today for people in the 18th chapter of Matthew are their their guardian angels. And and there's there's people overcoming who have become dignitaries, but have are still angels elect. Have not been reestablished to their full, uh, you know, status as who they once were as an angel. Uh, there is so much more, and it goes on and it goes on. But we we'll have to stop there because we still have to do our prayer, uh, you know, the Gentile. Uh, but may God um, cause this message to abound in you. May God cause this message to live in you. May God cause this message uh, to, to be as sparks flying upward. And may those sparks have simulation. And may they have shining. And may they have empowerment to heal the sick. And to deliver uh, the poor, the sad, the wounded, uh, the 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 falsely charged and imprisoned person. Uh, oh God, uh, give us peace on this world, on this planet, and give us power over the darkness that we may. Ye, Take this thunder and use it to bring down this darkness and trample it beneath our feet and and destroy it. Blessed be the name of God and God bless you so much. And here we are, for Gentile. Uh Today we are going to um, do Gentel uh, again for the people that are that are that are dealing with uh, anxieties. Uh, there are so many anxieties out there, and it all has to do with people who are are fighting these anxieties and uh, uh, so here we go. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to the thyroid um, send messages uh, in, into the left uh, hemisphere of the brain, um, begin to uh, deal uh, with the uh, anxieties uh, that come into that part of the brain and begin to uh, send uh, and create uh, anti stress hormones. That these anti stress hormones will be activated to destroy any uh, stress hormones that show up to enter into the left hemisphere of the brain and, be, and then be dispersed through the body. May these uh, planted uh, uh, anti stress hormones, created anti stress hormones, begin to disassimilate and and to destroy any of these uh kind of hormones that show up uh, if there's any inhibitors if there's any blockers if there's anything that is uh, different than this uh they are canceled may god bless you may he cause his face to shine on you we love you dear friends next week we'll continue on god bless you get on the blogs there's incredible things on the blogs there's lots going on god bless